All right, I'm in the Fat Cat, Kellam Island, Sheffield. Uh, I'm going to do a few interviews with fans around the tables. Uh, we've got loads of people here from Isles Americas, all over America, also in Sheffield too. Uh, my first person I'm chatting to today is Lee Kenny. He lives in Cleveland. Lee, say hello. Hi. Yep, my name's Lee. I'm in Cleveland. <laughs> and his son. Hi, that's Frankie. I'm with Lee Cleveland. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, so, we know Lee. Uh, we met, first of all, weirdly, kind of in a Zoom, right, Lee? So, how did you find out about Owls Americas? And why did you decide to join a Zoom? I think, first of all, it was just looking around. I think I just came across a podcast by accident. And then signed up for the newsletter, and then it was great. Yeah, during COVID, um, everybody's locked down. Organize the Zoom chats and organize the quiz. Just get to know everybody through that. So it was good. It was just a good way to connect with people, having a common interest, and all commiserating with each other. Really. <laughs> How did you do in the quizzes? Not very well. <laughs> Not very well. Um, what was your favorite quiz we did? So there's quite a few of us did different quizzes, right? Yeah. So I remember Craig's with the different pictures from different movies and realizing that my movie knowledge wasn't that great. Um, Lewis with his Chris Waddle um, sort of message. What was the question? You got, you, got, you got Chris Waddle to a question for yeah, us on our yeah. Zoom. Yeah. Lewis Floyd Arrow. That was unbelievable. Yeah. I think he really kind of went above and beyond Lewis for that one. So that was good. And then somebody had, I can't remember who it was, but somebody had... Um, Creepy Biden pictures as well. <laughs> I can't remember that one either. Uh, so, and also, Lee was at our New York meetup this year in 2022. How was that, mate? That was good. Um, you remember any of it? I remember all of it. <laughs> I, I, the Sunday morning was an absolute nightmare. I just remember going back to the airport, sweating bullets, just hungover. Um, I still got a picture on my phone. We're in that bar, Irish bar somewhere, and there was something like 40, 50 glasses on the table. It's just... Oh, shit, yeah. yeah. That was at the... Um, it was an Irish bar. It was that tavern, wasn't it? What's called? Yeah. Oh, McSawley's. Yeah. It's a very famous bar in New York. We've been McSawley's. We had the whole table for wooden glasses. Two choices, light and down. And I remember ordering seven of each. <laughs> <laughs> That's when we were hungover in the middle of the afternoon, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, that was good fun. Right. Uh, Are you going to come to Charleston in 2023? Yep. Flights are already booked, so we're looking forward to that. So that'd be that'd be good. Nice. Hopefully April Fool's Day. Hopefully um, it doesn't go to plan and something else happens instead. Yeah. Well, drinking will be guaranteed. I assume. Yeah. Matter what happens that day. So. Yeah. Lee, appreciate it. Appreciate your time here. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for the Quintiles Americans, and we'll see you in Charleston. All Definitely, absolutely, the 200th episode of Owls Americast, Sheffield Wednesday, opinion with an American accent. Do not check your podcast feeds to see the actual number. I don't even know what it is. I do know that I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and for a milestone episode, I needed a milestone beer. So I have the best beer I have had so far in Salt Lake City. It is the Sour Brainless from Epic Brewing in Salt Lake City and Denver. This one was actually brewed and bottled in Denver, apparently, but I'm still counting it as local because they have a branch here. It is a sour ale aged in oak barrels with guava. So it's like a fodder conditioned sour with guava. It's not particularly seasonally appropriate. It is lovely to drink and drink it I shall. Joining me as usual in New England, it's our New England owl, Justin DeSorger. Justin, what are you drinking?
Hey, Jeff. Good to see you. Uh, I've gone out of New England this week to uh, Southern Grist Brewing Company. I believe they're in uh, Nashville or Memphis. Yeah, Nashville, Tennessee. They're bean there, brown that, uh, brown ale, brewed with lactose and vanilla. Uh, not too shabby. Uh, six and a half out of ten stars. Uh, but I will also state it is not my first or my second drink of the night. We wouldn't have it any other way. We also wouldn't have it any other way than to go all the way across the country. It's a cross-country podcast for number 200, definitely number 200. In Portland, it's our Cascadia Owl, Mike Laroon. Mike, what are you drinking? Jeff, how are you? I am going easy tonight. I'm just starting with tea because I just came straight from dinner and um, I will be fine, but I'll get something later on. It'll be really good. So, because 200, baby. Patty, how are you? <laughs> hey, Mike. Hi, I'm back. Finally, I've returned to podcasting. Um, I only come back when it's 5-0 wins. That's my deal. Um, so the next one, I'll be back for that one too. Um, yes, I'm here in New York. I'm drinking a big jug of hot toddy. Because, uh, <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I have got a sore throat. I am powering through like the soldier I am. Uh, it, it is basically out-of-date lemon juice. Maybe a year or so. I, I, was, I would say probably fine, but that's probably not fine. <laughs> are we gonna have a, are we gonna have a Paul Owen moment on the podcast again? You'll be fine. What can, do, what can out of date? Let me just do to you because I looked at one. One said three years old. I threw that away. I didn't, I didn't drink that one. One was like nine months old. And I thought I'll take my chances with that one, and it's it's all right. Uh, I've just put a lot of honey in it to make up for the really sour gone off lemon. Uh, did you move less than three years ago? So you moved with that lemon juice? Yeah, <laughs> I brought that lemon juice those two years out of day into my new house. I was very, honestly, I, sh I shed a tear when I threw it out this, morning, this afternoon. I was like, what the hell? Uh, also on the move in Charleston. It's our uh, 2023 OA away host, Tommy Byrne. Tommy, what are you drinking? Uh, today I'm having, I'm going way out of South Carolina. I decided to get a, um, it's called uh, Blue Ice. It's an Idaho potato vodka. And I was shocked on how good it is. Not made in Idaho. I, it's, uh, it's I, I was wrong. It was Idaho. It was Idaho, not Montana. Oh, Still my neck of the woods. Idaho I'm potato, 45 minutes uh, from the Idaho border. So. It's, I, and it is spectacular. I'm shocked. Yeah, a good, good potato vodka is fantastic. That's awesome. Ooh. Are you, you mixing it with point? anything? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got a pint glass and it's full of vodka. It's, mind your own business, Patty. <laughs> so for episode 200, we will review the aforementioned 5-0 drubbing of Cambridge. We'll cover some news. We'll do some episode 200 nonsense, is what I'm calling it. And we'll preview some more nonsense. The FA Cup third round against Newcastle. Under the lights at Hillsborough. We'll start with the Cambridge United game. Because we have so many people on for this show, I figured we'd mix things up a little bit. I've laid out some talking points I want each person to address. So we'll start with Patty. We'll, get, we'll throw Patty right into the, into the fire since he hasn't bothered to come on for any League One recaps this year. How much Wait, is it? It's an agenda for this. Yeah, <laughs> look at a document. Oh, yeah. I said there was a doc, I said there was a doc in, the, uh, in the WhatsApp group. But I will just, just give you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have time. 
was this the best performance right. of the year or was this just Cambridge being awful? No, I'm very much against the idea that this is about the opposition. Uh, I think this was the best performance of the year. Uh, I think a lot of our fans will often, uh, the negative ones at least, will um, jump to say they're a poor opposition. They were a poor um, opposition. They were yeah, a poor but we've opposition. Played poor, <laughs> we've played poor opposition all year. There's not many good oppositions in this league. <laughs> um, and we've, we've struggled. And we haven't been able to put passes together. We've, we changed our entire style on Saturday. Uh, yes. We were direct. We played. We played down the channels. We were f- we were faster uh, to the ball, and we were we weren't as sluggish and didn't pass around the defense for twenty minutes at a time, uh, just to get our possession up. It was it was much. It was a completely different strategy. Uh, I'm not sure whether it was the difference of Dawson and, uh, and Bannon, uh, like Bannon being out and Stockdale being out. So I think Dawson's faster with the ball at his feet than Stockdale is. I think Volks is faster with the ball at his feet than Bannon is. Um, and I think we use the channels a lot more. And having Windass as a kind of like number 10 role um, allowed us to um, kind of find that extra bit of space in the box. Um, and I think that's why it was the best performance of the season. And it wasn't down to the poor opposition. When, when I saw the lineup get introduced, I thought, well, who the fuck's going to score? Because I wasn't thinking they'd be able to have the kind of team performance they did. This is the thing that you get with Bannon out, and we certainly don't want Barry out long term. I, I don't think our team is better without him, but it allows for a little more tactical flexibility, and we've talked about that. took me a bit to figure it out. We really basically played a 3-4-3 with uh, Windass kind of a step back, almost a false nine in a free roll with the other two in front of him and Vox and Byers playing further back and that gave room for the wing backs or outside uh, uh, midfielders in uh, Wilkes and Johnson room to move forward. Uh, Both Patterson, but especially Smith came back at times. It really was just free flowing. And and you're right, Patty was very direct. There were always people moving, always people open and the ball got cycled around quickly. We didn't have a problem going long. We didn't have a problem going fairly short. And we, as much as I did think they were bad, and, and we talked about it coming into the game, they had a lot of injuries. They were in poor form. Um, we just ripped them to pieces uh, in a way that was incredibly satisfying to watch. It was very direct. And I know I've given Windass some stick on the podcast. I don't know if he always fits particularly well with the way we want to play. He fit very well with the way they wanted to play against Cambridge. He was just making these runs in behind, uh, you know, letting the strikers sort of pull the defenders and open these little spaces for his runs and he created space he created goals he got a hat trick and if they want to play like that the rest of the way i think they're going to go up automatically you know well, i don't justin know if they can do it with bannett so that is uh, that is talking point number two justin so we'll give it to you well hold on tommy right, go ahead. hit us i was i was actually just gonna say it's uh um i don't know if when bannon's out because he is such the field general that other teams go, all right, well, what do we do now? Normally it's like, all right, we, get, we can focus on what Barry Bannon's doing and we can convert to, to whatever he's doing. And with him out, every, it just seemed like nobody knew how to cover us. Yeah, there, there wasn't that easy solution, right? Not cover. I mean, we saw that for too many years. It's gotten much better the last year plus. 
I think Baz has, has been willing to adapt his game a little bit. I think Moore slash Smith has found ways to use him better and, and they've pushed him further up the pitch, which allows for that. But you're right, Tommy, without him there for another team to focus on, um, we, we, we cut right through them. There was no one way to shut us down. Also, when uh, when Vox drops deep into the, the Bannon central defensive center back role, he can actually defend pretty well. So he's got that going for him, too, because he was dropping pretty deep when James and Palmer were making their usual runs from center back. Yeah, and Baz should never be there. You, you know I've been squawking about this since I've been on this pod. You know, that's uh, Bannon is at his best when he's up front. You can squawk some more, because talking point number two, does it mean anything they did this without Bannon, Justin? No, because as much as I like this, I, I still think when it comes down to it, he's he's our most talented player for sure. And probably one of the best players in this league, almost certainly one of the best players in this league. Uh, and when we have him operating at his best, uh, we can slice teams apart. And I think when we get into games again, so we got to, crazy stretch coming up in a couple weeks uh where we've got i believe plymouth and ipswich back to back in addition to another fairly difficult game around there i think we're going to need the quality that he brings to the table but but it is nice to see that he can get a knock or go down for a little bit and that's not going to negatively affect us especially against a mid-table team you know, I don't. I think that we absolutely need Barry Bannon in 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 the squad for an Ipswich or a Plymouth, but against a against a lower mid table team, then I yeah, they're not. they're not even lower mid table. They're <laughs> they're just bad, Tommy. Are they bottom feeders? They're they're lower uh, lower mid table. They were twentieth, yeah, or nineteenth, <clears throat> one of those. Well, they're they're upper, lower lower table. Lower table. <laughs> Up, upper bottom tier. But you know, we have historically had problems with the bottom feeders. And it's been, you know, I mean, how many times have we, you know, smashed the top of the league, but then the reason we got, you know, didn't get promoted or didn't, didn't make the playoffs or, or even got relegated was because we lost to another bottom feeder. Well, it's, it's challenging. I mean, you, you see, uh, you know, we'll talk obviously later about the premier league, but you know, I, I watched that city Everton game recently and it's like, Everton, uh, Everton so, barely qualifies so as a Premier League team. So. And barely. And yet City struggled because Everton just threw everybody in the back and, you know, cleared the ball out and once in a while broke free. It's it's challenging to to play against teams that do that. We, we had some struggles the last couple of weeks with those teams, picking up one point here or there or, you know, a, a late win that, that was borderline deserved. Um, but but again, another sign that this, frankly, we, we are a good team for this level because we are winning games whether we play well or not. And, and we played well against a not very good team. And that's when you get your five nothings. Shockingly, we have a late addition to the squad here on episode 200. No, not I'm, in a closet. I'm ama- <laughs> not in his closet. I'm amazed he... <laughs> He showed up at all because it's a five no win, so he can't he can't be negative about anything that's happened over the la- well at least over the last few days of Wednesday football in Queens. It's James Allen. James, what are you drinking? Hey Jeff, good evening everybody. Happy two hundred. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm I'm here to correct the record. I heard that uh, somebody told me I was a a bit of a negative 
person when it comes to uh, Sheffield Wednesday. So I'm here to glory support and join on the back of a five nil win. <laughs> uh, what am I? Uh, what am I drinking? I am. Um, I'm drinking Rockaway from Queens around the corner as usual, and um, in I guess kind of name order, I'm drinking something called the Grim Reaper, which is I guess apt for a Sheffield Wednesday podcast. Um, it's a Baltic porter, 7.4%. It's got a very smoky sort of um, roasted flavour to it, and it's good for this beautiful winter night we're having in New York, aka spring. James, we'll throw you, we'll throw you right in. How impressed have you been with Wednesday's makeshift back line the last few matches? Uh, I don't think it matters who plays as long as they're playing alongside McGuinness because he's uh, he's imperious. Um, no, actually, really impressed. I think um, I think he and James have uh, have really kind of shown their worth from playing, having played at the high level. Um, Liam Palmer is adaptable as ever, and um, yeah, we haven't dropped too many clangers really. I mean, the last three games, it's it's kind of felt pretty pretty coordinated and. Um, yeah, there's a degree of confidence inside. But no, I mean, in all seriousness, McGuinness is an absolute rock and um, a player of that calibre makes you a whole lot more confident whoever they're on. Yeah, it is, it's one of those. We've gone through this before, right, with players like Michael Hector, who I know has been been linked with the club again recently, although Darren Moore kind of put the kibosh on that this week, saying they're not looking at out-of-contract players or free agents or whatever. But it's it's you never want to fall in love with like a lone player in general, but I think especially a lone center back, given Wednesday's issues, sort of keeping health and talent in the back line in the last uh, two hundred episodes or so of this podcast. But man, it's it's Cardiff, right? They should be able to get him from Cardiff. I think Cardiff have told us pretty firmly you are not having this player, <laughs> so we we love him, but we're going to have to love him from afar at some point in his career. But look, I mean, if he. Um... Whether he plays half a season or a full season, let's hope it's a full season. If he gets helps us get up, then we've had all the benefit that we um, we can break out for. So all good. But no, Jeff, I'm uh, I'm in a pretty positive, fuzzy mood at the moment about Wednesday. It may actually be a result of not having watched many of the games over the festive period. But um, I did see the game against Cambridge United. So um, so yeah, I'm all in a good mood. One of the big stories coming out of the Cambridge United game, of course, was Josh Windass's hat trick, and more openly. Uh... Josh Windass not celebrating any of the goals in that hat-trick, Tommy. Uh, this has been the big hashtag narrative from the match. What are your thoughts? Um, you know what? I got I got nothing on that. I've, I've, it's, 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 I, uh, who doesn't celebrate a hat-trick? It's, I mean, uh, it's... Josh Windass. It, well, yeah. It's, I mean, I was, I was shocked by it. Every time, every time he scored, I was expecting the knee slide and, and, be surrounded in mug, but he he just went around and shook hands like he was at a like he was at a cocktail party. So, if you don't know, the story is that his father, uh, Dean Windass, longtime Premier League striker and I suppose Championship striker as well, got <laughs> made fun of his son for celebrating goals in League One because <laughs> you're not supposed to celebrate goals in League One. Look, I'm not going to read into whatever father son relationship might be there. I know it's got to be. It, tough being the son of a of a long time pro sometimes, but I do wonder, Patty. Like, isn't it a little bit disrespectful to the other League One teams and not like celebrate the goals? I think, yeah, definitely. Uh, like, look, uh, you don't want to like. I'm sure Cambridge did not want the fifth goal in that match rubbed in their face, but it is a little disrespectful. I, I don't think it's. I don't think. I think it's disrespectful to not celebrate any goal, really. Um, so. 
from from my point of view, it's, it's a strange one. And and, and I know he's got some. He hasn't got a great relationship with his dad. Uh, he mentioned a couple of times on uh, social media that it's not like a typical father son relationship. So it, it feels a little bit kind of more out of spite that he's doing this direction from his uh, dad and more anything else. And obviously that overrules any <laughs> any feelings towards showing respect to the opposition or showing respect to League One is a good family vengeance for uh, uh, not, not doing this probably. Also, that third that third goal was fucking incredible. By the way, if you watch the actual technique <laughs> to sneak it in, like it on really the outside was. of the boot, like <laughs> yeah. But I I tell you what, like so I've got a nine year old and a seven year old, almost an eight year old and a ten year old to play hockey, and and they're both decent. But my my son's pretty good, and he plays at a high level. And him and all of the kids in this team, nine and ten years old, they score a goal, and it does not matter the situation, the circumstances, what it is they start dropping into these fucking celebrations that they have planned ahead or they saw David Pasternak do or whatever. And I'm in the stands, like shaking with embarrassment over, you know, the <laughs> overzealousness. Like I thought Windass handed that handled that third one perfectly. It's the fifth goal when you're pumping some helpless team up and down the pitch, you hammer it home with, you know, perfect touch, grace, beauty, power all that all you got to do is turn high five a few teammates and walk back to the center circle anything more than that is is a waste of time and energy i i also just think this whole thing's a non-issue it is it's not an issue it was a little weird watching it because they haven't put on a lot of good performances recently like palmer didn't really celebrate his goal either i think palmer was i think palmer might have shinned it a little bit which might be why he did it he's also been scoring a lot over the last couple years so (laughs) He's used to it now. Hey, like, hey, oh, Jeff, going right. Je- Jeff, we haven't I, had Evan on the podcast, right? Evan didn't turn up for the no. anniversary episode. No? no? Right, so can we accept that Palmer didn't actually score? <laughs> I commented that not just Windass and Palmer, I thought the whole team looked pissed off. I don't know what was going on. Like when yeah. the, I don't people don't generally celebrate going off being substituted. But like later in the game, when um, who was it came off like my 70th minute? They all look miserable, like coming off the uh, of the pitch, and like you just won five nil, and no one seems to be that bothered. I'm like, something's weird. I'm just no, it's all into... business, man. All business. Is that it? Mars drilled, Mars drilled the fun out of it. They're all professional now. <laughs> That's right. Damn straight. And that is the Cambridge game. We'll take a break. Come back. Cover the Wednesday news. Review the last two hundred episodes of the show, sort of. <laughs> And preview the Newcastle game. All right, back again in the Fat Cat, Kellam Island, Sheffield, before the Port Vale game. Um, uh, Paddy Jones, roving reporter for Al's Americast, uh, part time host, uh, full time reader. Uh, I've got with me Dimmy, who. Uh, Dimmy, why introduce yourself, actually? Dimmy. Yeah, hey buddy, uh, I'm uh, Dimmy Dimitriou, uh, Nova Scotia Al, formerly Toronto Al, and uh, yeah, living in Nova Scotia at the moment. It's not too cold, uh, but uh, we're all good at the moment. So, uh, Dimmy, you've been around Al's America's spheres, pretty much we started like five years ago, right? So, you, yeah. you set up Toronto Al's, right? So, did you get any Toronto Al's coming in the meetups for you? I uh, tried to set up Toronto Al's, but I kind of, right when we started to set it up, I kind of left. Uh, the summer after, so it, it never really got off the ground. But I tried to hand it over to to one to a couple of guys, and I know there are 
uh, quite a few hours in Toronto. So it'd be nice if someone could set something up. Uh, I have the hashtag <laughs> ready to go. Uh, and then I know one other uh, owl in Nova Scotia. So we uh, we meet up now and again. Shout Lovely. out to Paul Bates. <laughs> Nova Scotia owls, probably uh, the hardest core of the hardest winter for West fans. Uh, I mean, give me 200 episodes of the Owls Americas podcast. You've been to quite a few meetups in New York and both uh, Nova Scotia. What's a good Owls Americas moment for you over the last five years? So what, what sticks out? There are, two, there are two moments that really, really stick out. Uh, first one and the main one being the uh, meetup in New York. That was absolutely insane. Uh, such a good time. Um, saw New York in a different light with locals, which was absolutely brilliant. Uh, and, yeah, and obviously the game was fantastic. Um, that was a definite highlight. Really looking forward to Charleston in 2023. Already booked the flights. Uh, and the other highlight was actually um, on the podcast. I remember uh, I was the first uh, How You Became a Wednesday fan that wasn't uh, North America, someone from North America. And I remember the <laughs> surprise in everyone's voices when they're like, you don't sound like you're from North America. Like, no, I'm not from Lincoln. <laughs> Um, but that was also uh, also pretty funny, and uh, I remember my girl, well, my ex girlfriend at the time, brought me a, a local beer as well to uh, to enjoy while we felt, while we recorded it. Yeah, oh, that's uh, what we so. called them in, right? Like, like, you called yeah, yeah. in, brought me an Alexander Keeps IPA. Absolutely terrible beer, <laughs> but it's local uh, <laughs> and quite famous. So, yeah, two highlights, and I uh, love listening to Owls Americas every week. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Keen listener, Nova Scotia Owl, Owls Americas attendee and we'll see you in Charleston next year absolutely now it's time for some Wednesday news and it is 2023 it is January 2023 the transfer window is open and there's already some relevant news from a Wednesday point of view and that's that Swansea City ever called Morgan Whitaker from Plymouth, and he's uh, chipped in with nine goals and seven assists for them this year. So, the, the I guess the loan keeping your loan player race is on and went there ahead for now. We'll see how that goes with Mark McGinnis in the coming weeks. But anything that keeps Plymouth from somehow getting three points every goddamn week is uh, I've always liked Swansea. Welcome. Yeah, we I've always, always like Swansea. Swansea. Yeah, uh, yeah, they've got, but they have, they have. They have signed three more players to play Plymouth, haven't they, already in the yeah. transfer window? I saw that. Uh, I think they're going to struggle to replace that Whitaker guy, clearly, because uh, a lot of uh, input into their goals. So anything to kneecap them would be great. On the Wednesday front, uh, a lot of the rumors around bolstering that makeshift back line. Uh, possibly an Aiden Flint return. I thought he was fine. Yeah, spring back I, Flinty! I thought he was fine in the games he played, as few of them as they were. All three of them? <laughs> if even that. Uh, Burnley defender Luke McNally as well. He's kind of out of favor there. So, yeah, Premier League quality defender. Always uh, welcome in S6. And I guess the, the main striker rumor that's been around for a few weeks now and is heating up is that they will get uh, Tom Cannon on loan from Everton, who's been the leading goal scorer for the under-23s and gotten into some of their uh, cup matches as well this year. So uh, uh, from what I can tell, an out-and-out center forward, which I don't know if that's specifically what Wednesday really need right now, but more striking options are always good. Uh, we'll do a little roundtable here. What would be your top priority in the January window, Justin? Uh, we got to get another center back. We've got to... Get another center back, not just for injury, but for cover in case McGinnis gets recalled. 
Um, I, I think we've got enough depth everywhere else to, you know, kind of cover and, and figure it out. And we got some flexibility with players like Windass who can play in the midfield or up front. And, you know, even Pato that if, if we were going to prioritize something to me, it's, it's clearly center back. Mike. Uh, Ditto, holding on to McGinnis is the priority. So. <laughs> Patty, I think you've made it clear it's Aiden Flint. Oh, the Aiden Flint's come back, yeah. Um, the uh, Pinkston Thor. Um, I would also not turn down a uh, striker because it doesn't like Gregory's been fit most of the season. Um, Smith's obviously our number one choice. I, I don't think Windass is a striker. I think he's a number 10 slash attacking midfielder or winger even. So... Someone that can score goals, I'd be fine with that too. But yeah, first point, I agree with Mike, definitely keep McGuinness. Secondly, bring someone else in. Tommy? Um, absolutely keep McGuinness. Uh, we do need uh, like a right proper striker, so bring back New Hugh. Um, <laughs> He's been playing well in... I don't know where he is. We, we covered this on the show. Come on. We did like, cover you know, this. Oh, I'm sure he'll get another one before we're done. Seriously, but, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's, if, if we could find a, a real uh, a back to the goal kind of striker, that'd be great. But uh, yeah, central, central defense is the most important. As long as we're here, we can do a little uh, dispatches from Austrian soccer because he is at uh, Rheindorf Altach FC. Playing pretty well. Has he changed clubs again? Does he play every six months a different team? He's not at, uh, so he was at, uh, what was it, Applewell in the Cypriot League at the same time that Hutch, uh, Hutch was there. But he has actually moved on to. Uh, yeah, he's been in the Austrian League for a while. Last couple of years now. Uh, eight goals and 13 appearances in the Austrian League. So he's banging them in. Banging them in, but playing very often. He is, yeah. A leading scorer for, uh, what, what did I say? SC, Reindorf, all, yeah. I don't know what the Austrian, where are they in the table? They hate are, on Austria all you want. The guy scores goals. <laughs> they are 10th. They are 10th in the table. He's got a bad Despunny record. Yeah. He did have a bad Despunny when he was with us, right? He got nine yellow cards in 30 appearances last year, and he's got four yellow and one red in 15 games. He got, some strike, he got striker challenges, I'm sure. They got striker's challenges. Yeah. He's a big, strong man. It's hard <laughs> yeah. to... People bounce never, off. He never left the floor when he was with us. <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing? He discriminated against because he's 6'11". <laughs> uh, yeah, he's tackling, is he? The other news <laughs> of the week, uh, as predicted on last week's show, because we did actually remember to discuss... Wednesday's Player of the Month. Uh, Mark McGinnis won Wednesday Player of the Month, as he should. Let's pretend he didn't so anybody from Wales <laughs> that's listening doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> How many people from Wales do you think are listening, Justin? I could look it up. Do you want me to look it up quickly? One. Let's take a peek at the sound. Maybe two. Take a peek at the sound. What else are they doing? I would go under down from Wales. They're not Cardiff City fans, because that would be really strange. That's... I have stats here I can look at. Do we have more no, people in Wales listening than we do from people in America? I, no. I, I doubt that. <laughs> owls, Wales. Uh, I mean, there's got to so be a few top Welsh locations. owls Okay. So the top location in the last seven days is uh, Columbus, Ohio. 
with a with 103 plays. So I don't know if they're just putting it on. Like if Evan just has it in on repeat. In his, uh, <laughs> he plays it for all his classes. <laughs> plays it for all his classes. Yeah. He's, got, he's, he's making his students okay. listen to this. This weekend, gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, second is London with 89 plays and third is Sheffield with 57 plays. So it doesn't actually, this is, is I, I don't, I do not, I'm just want to be clear. I do not control the stats at SoundCloud. They just have United Kingdom. They do not split it out. That, that That's the country. They do not split it out further than that. All right. Well, that's the can, lack uh, of a, you know, coherent yeah. Welsh independence movement showing right there. <laughs> oh, great. We're going to get no trouble with this. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read off some cities. Uh, you tell me if any of these are in Wales. I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> we, got 30, well, we got 37 listens from uh, Coventry in the last seven days. I would not have expected that. Not um, in Wales. <laughs> not in Wales. Not no, in I Wales. know. R.I.P. Terry Hall. <laughs> can, wait, can we wait? Let's look inside. Rather than going to all the cities, <laughs> let's, you pick out cities you think might be All right, in all right Wales. fair enough. <laughs> Islesworth. Isleworth? I- no. I-S-L-E worth. How many L's does it have in it? Exactly. Wakefield? Yes. West Yorkshire. West Pennistone, I know that. No, that, that's definitely that's not in Wales. There are a lot of sheep, <laughs> different sheep. Uh, ride, R Y D E. That smells Welsh. Ooh. Do I have but to look this up? You can be close to a ride. Ride. Ride is in, 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 in. Oh, it's uh, the Isle of Wight. Ah. We have got some listeners in the Isle of Wight. The Wales of the South. <laughs> uh, let's see. You get two more guesses, then we quit this segment off. Uh, we got something called Chichester. No, East no. London. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it for like the unidentifiable. Uh... All right. If you're from Wales and you're listening, reach out <laughs> at Owls I will point as as Patty. I can I can confirm that Patty listened to last week's show because we have two listens from Weehawken. <laughs> Very nice. I don't even live in Weehawken anymore. Oh, my brother in law. Okay, uh, we've moved pubs. We're now in the. Where the fuck are we? It's, it's called Heist. We're in Heist. We're in Heist Brewery. Um, and it's in Kellen Island still. Uh, you still got your Roman reporter, Paddy Jones, here with you, uh, who's on a um, uh, sabbatical for a year from Isles Americast. <laughs> but I've been hired because I'm at the Port Rail game. And with me right now is um, Sheffield Podcast Royalty. But he loves being called that. Uh, <laughs> and it's James Marriott. Is, is this. Are you doing this just so that what, what, this makes this trip tax deductible or something <laughs> that you record a podcast here? Because I've thought about doing this myself. No, it's just My accountant said no. Um, I think because I haven't done any podcasts at all this year, the boy was like, do some fucking work. Pull your weight. Yeah, I hear you're going to meet everybody in the Sheffield Wednesday remit in the in the world of Sheffield Wednesday. You're going to meet in, in Port, for Sheffield Wednesday for Sport Rail. So do some fucking work and actually yeah. do some podcasting. So Check Everyone over here, because it's a massive game, this. Sheffield Wednesday versus Port Vale. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. I first on Twitter, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm as excited as the man for Sheffield Wednesday's Port Vale can be, and that is not very excited. I haven't been to 3,000, like, they're genuinely excited they? for it. Yeah, 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 it's sold out there. Right? All right, we can't, we can't, we can't talk about Port Vale, so this is going to be posted after Port Vale. Right. So, 
uh, James. Um, we talk about Owls Americas, and yep. you are involved in Owls Americas. Clearly, you are the rival podcast for us. Uh, we are now at 200 episodes for Owls Americas. Uh, we appreciate everything you've done for us. You've, re- you've retweeted us. You've been on our podcast several times. I, mean, I would describe us as podcast friends, not rivals. Yes, rivals. You know, you've, you've, you know, line in the sand, you've said it now. No, okay, we're rivals. Um, <laughs> um, but also very friendly. Uh, and James has been to uh, New York several times. And we've had him both uh, officially at the Owls America's annual meetup this year. But also he's been several times before that too. Um, so if we say Owls Americas to you, James, what comes to mind? What, what's the our affiliation with Owls Americas and the Owls Americas? Yeah, I mean, it is very, it's very New York-centric because uh, it is the only place that I've been to a meetup. So I obviously think of Football Factory. Um, I think of dragging myself out of bed with a horrendous hangover, thinking football should not be happening at this time in the morning. This is not natural. Um and it was like the so the 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 tenth um, anniversary meetup for New York Owls this year. It was like the Hangover. Like you could have made a film about that morning because the Friday night was a bit. It was it was quite messy. Like we had one person end up in hospital. We had several people that went missing. And he was he was roofed. Quotation marks. Yes. <clears throat> and then and then the next day was like people turning up one by one, and everyone was a slightly different colour of. <laughs> Of, of illness um, and we um, I can't remember what the game was but we won last minute goal and your, Lincoln City. Your, your laptop went off <laughs> and all we saw was just like we had the thing it was it was just like you it, it was like a script that could not be written it was just it was chaotic perfection um, and then obviously I was in New York for a while so coming on the podcast talking about it um, I just remember that whole that whole weekend and then the stuff afterwards, um, it just felt really wholesome. It was it was just brilliant. Yeah, and uh, it was it was Lee Gregory's last minute winner against Lincoln City, and our um, laptop had a sign on it saying, "Your battery is low. Please charge. Please charge now." And Which we led to the, your battery yeah. is low. Your, <laughs> your battery, battery is low. We're Sheffield Wednesday. Our battery is low. Um, so yeah, it was. Um, a great day. Um, I'm glad you could share it with us. Uh, a couple of people went, came from England for that too. Uh, and James, thanks so much for being a massive friend of Owls Americast and Owls Americas. And I hope to see you again maybe in Charleston, 2023. Working on it. <laughs> working on it. You'll definitely see me soon over there in some way or another. Right. Um, but um, I love what you guys do. It is, I mean, at the moment, the Wednesday podcast market is quite saturated. There's a lot of stuff happening. But I, I still think that you do something that is different to everyone else. You've got a different perspective on things. Having come over and watched a game with you and then done the podcast afterwards, I totally get why it is so much different. There is such a different perspective when you're watching it at 10 o'clock in the morning in a bar with a load of Chelsea fans being knobheads in the corner <laughs> and then Newcastle fans turning up dressed like shakes and it was just weird. Um, it is a different experience, but I, I think you do a brilliant job of like conveying that and getting that across. Um, and I love it. I think you do a brilliant job. So, so yeah. Happy anniversary, is that what we're calling it? I think it's the like 200th anniversary. What do you call it? Well, you had several podcast anniversaries at this point. I think 200th anniversary. Birthday feels a bit too old. We had the New York Owls' 10th birthday. So the 200th episode is the 200th anniversary, I think. There's no thing for like 200 years of marriage, is there? Because you're both dead by Oh, no, you, yeah, it's very dead. 
very, very dead. We, we can make something up for it. So, um, for 200 years of marriage, you get presented with an owl. So, happy <laughs> Owl Day. owl anniversary. Thanks, James. Thanks, mate. Anyway, it's now time for, now that we haven't already been doing a bunch of nonsense, but some more episode <laughs> 200 nonsense. So I have some questions for people. We'll start with the most podcast appropriate question. Favorite beer you've had on the show? <clears throat> to be clear, I did not, I did not even put this in the document. I meant to, and then didn't get around to it. So nobody has any time to prep. So we're going to do this quickly. Justin, it can be beer or drink, I guess. I don't know. I've had probably... Three or four episodes that have gotten really fucking sloppy, and they've only been three or trem- four. Tremendous, tremendously fun, and then I listen back, and it's not nearly as much of a train wreck as I thought it was. So I'll just <laughs> shout out those episodes. I, I blame the bourbon. Mm. So Justin's going for wait, wait, yeah. answer. Justin's going for quantity over quality in his answer. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. it's basically the, we made it 200 episodes, so it's been the motto of the show as well. <laughs> Mike. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. if it's the quantity, it's going to be all my, my ciders from two towns. But let's, um, actually, I, I did enjoy the uh, the Pelican Brewing uh, Christmas Ale or the Holiday Ale that I just had a few weeks ago. So, uh, I don't drink a lot of dark beer. and uh, it, it, Bad Santa, that's what it's called. And uh, yeah, I would have that again soon. Patty. Uh, it's tricky on this because I've probably done 150 episodes, which means 150 usually different beers. I mean, obviously there's some some difference here and there. Um, like I six reckon... straight months where you're drinking uh, like the leftover rum in your house or something. <laughs> <laughs> that, he, he is similar... drinking a hot toddy <laughs> with expired lemon juice. So. <laughs> That's why I can't do the podcast anymore. Every one of those beers had that same lemon in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'm gonna just. I, I, I guess I've drunk a ghost hawk lager in my uh, in an appearance here before. They're a local brewery, and it's the best lager uh, you can get in America. Tommy, um, as far as quantity, I would have to say it's the uh, Palmetto Palmetto Ale. Um, uh, for quality, it was I had a ridiculously good single malt when I celebrated. Uh, when my granddaughter was born, so it's a, it's a, that was that was that was the quality. <laughs> James, which, um, which fifth hammer beer are we pulling out? It's not fifth hammer. No, I um, I think I've probably I was trying to work out which of the Queen's breweries I've drunk the most of on this podcast. I think it's probably Big Alice, actually, probably an Autumn Rye or um, or maybe something along those lines. My personal but favorite, wanna, yeah. I want to have a uh, I want a big shout out for one particularly celebrated beer that isn't represented by any of us looking at the screen right now, which was Paul's Whip IPA, <laughs> which he uh, <laughs> which he enjoyed, but then didn't spend any more time on the podcast and spent a lot of time somewhere else. So uh, he spent two years on that shit too, hasn't he? <laughs> we haven't seen him since those lactose those lactose like milkshake IPAs will get you in trouble. Uh, for not me, not supposed to be that much trouble though. You know, I love a overproof dark beer on this. Uh, I'm actually, I've actually switched to a nine percent uh, barrel aged winter warmer. So there you go. But 
Yeah, I think the usually the the episodes when I pull out the Goose Island Bourbon County at like nine thirty East Coast time that never end well for me in the next morning. That's probably like the quality over quantity. I think quantity is probably just and one of the Kent Falls Pilsners, I would guess. Maybe Yeesh, maybe Danny Boy. I think I probably had the most on this show. Or maybe like old fashions or Manhattan. So I'm drunk a ton of them in recent episodes. So next question. Favorite goal from the last 200 episodes? Even the year time frame. When did we start doing this? <laughs> I don't remember. We did the first one we did. It was like the international break after Leeds. Um, so it was the year after uh, Huddersfield. It was the year after yeah. Huddersfield. It was that fall after Huddersfield. I tell you what. it's It was 2017. My favorite goal of all time. I just... I just re-saw it on, mm. in my memories on social media. And it was Ross Wallace from like 45 yards out the top of the crossbar. And it, uh, it was a ridiculous goal. And uh, uh, so, I mean, can you imagine the cojones to take that shot? It's, it, was, it was ridiculous. That is absolutely my favorite goal. I'm on our SoundCloud page. I just realized I could look up when the first episode actually was. I think it was after the 20, I don't even remember. I don't know. I will say, I don't know if this qualified under within the time frame, but the, the goal that like, there were several goals that, you know, meant a lot, you know, that Ross Wallace goal against Brighton where we were just not in the time frame of the podcast. Right. Um, you know, but again, they're, they're, you know, the importance of that, the emotion of that, um, Adam reaches goal, uh, after, um, uh, the coaches, uh, or the coach's wife had died. Um, it, you know, th- there've been a bunch of huge, important goals, but I honestly think the one that sort of blew my mind the most and made me just the most excited and may or may not fall into the time frame, but I'll shout it. And we actually mentioned it last week, Jeff, was the one where uh, Adti walked out of the corner uh, late yeah, and Preston, looped. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> walked two guys and then curled the ball over the goaltender into the far corner. That was that was as nice of a goal as I've seen a, a Wednesday player have. I will also uh, I'll shout out a Natty goal as well. The winner against Leeds in the snow. For the, for the brace, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Because I, I was at Football Factory for that, and we were all kind of miserable, and they were just holding on, and they have a bad goal. Uh, like in the, the That was in the period of always get up an equalizer or losing goal in the 88th minute or whatever. And then this over-the-top, new hue shoulder blocks the guy in the snow, just slides it around the keeper, and then does like the world's longest knee slide for like 25 feet in the snow at hillsborough actually, i think it was it was it at, it might have been at ellen road actually yeah because he was in the rose the yellow and black striped kids was it ellen road even better so for me i remember uh, i'll go to adam reach um and it's one i said one of those games one of those goals i didn't see because i was talking to the bartender it happened just after 7 a.m out here but it was against aston villa yeah that... uh, adam reach knocks one in what 15 18 seconds into the game yeah. and but just hearing a cohort of wednesday fans <laughs> in the background cheering just made me feel good inside. And I, you've got to be kidding me. But um, 
Yeah, got all the I'm watching that right now, Mike. I was, that was going to be my choice. I'm watching it right now. I was like, I have to figure out if that was in the time frame. It was in the time frame. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, we were at the uh, we were at the toffee club, and yeah, it's one of those things. I got there at six something that morning to get things set up and talk to the bartender, and yeah, sure enough, I turn away for five seconds and they score. So, uh, yeah, great day, James. Yeah, it's funny. Just in sequence, you guys have been taking goals off my. I've been like, I'll, I'll talk about the Adam Reach goal, and then Mike's like, no. And then Tommy was like, you got in there with the new goal as well. Um, you know, I think we need to give a shout out to Callum Patterson's ugly finishes. So um, <laughs> last minute goal, such as um, the uh, the stunner against Exeter City to rescue a, uh, a late one one draw a couple of weeks ago. I think that was a nice finish. That, that wasn't like a that was like a perfectly rolled. Uh, it, it, it was a pea shooter into the corner. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, those goals don't get enough of a shout. Yeah. I think um, in terms of absolute audacity, though, um, in the era of this podcast, it would be hard bar Adam Reach to get past that Barry Baden goal against MK Dons last season. Yeah. That's pretty sensational, yeah. right, in terms of something just you don't see very often. So shout out to Barry Bannon. Um, and then everything that all the rest of you guys said. Have I got away with it? Can I... Can I... Can I pass? <laughs> Have you not said one yet, Barry? No, I'm, I'm trying to work out whether, whether and it's got to be right. We did this. We started this five years ago. I just yeah. looked on SoundCloud when we started it. Uh, Jordan Rhodes, uh, <laughs> one of the first goals he scored at Hillsborough. I was there in the South Stand, and when he ran over to Andy Rhodes, his dad, um, it was right in front of me. And that day, um, I'd got there's a Jordan Rhodes program at Hillsborough. I was in the uh, I think it was the 1867 lounge, something like that, one of the lounges with my dad. I was so excited because I was at Jordan Rhodes uh, at Hill for the first time. I got a Jordan Rhodes shirt on. <laughs> I got a Jordan Rhodes program. And we won 3 0 against I'm seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. It really was. Uh, I was like so excited that he scored like uh, towards the cop, ran towards Andy Rhodes, straight in front of me, and jumped into Andy Rhodes. As, as, like, it wasn't a, it wasn't a was great awesome. goal. Just, yeah, Andy, did you uh, um, did you have a tube of opal fruits and a, uh, a bottle of pop as well? Like, <laughs> yeah, yep. But I'm not mistaken, that was the only goal he scored for us, right? But <laughs> <laughs> tell me, that was the peak of my excitement. I was like, yeah. it's, I can, I believe it's going to happen. <laughs> Still in the Heist Brewery, I remember that name now. Uh, it's Paddy here still, and we have with us today another Owls America's legend. Um, apparently the original New York Owl, but I mean, I don't really believe that. Uh, Jamie Midgley. Definitely the original New York Owl. <laughs> and now New Orleans Owl. Nice to meet you, Paddy. Meet us? I mean, I've known you for ages. Uh, right, Jamie, um, if I said to you, it's our 200th episode of Owls America's. I'd be aghast. Yes, um, but you've been on the podcast several times before, so we know who you are. Uh, you organised more meetups than the New York Owls. Now you are a regular meetup organiser. So, um, if I said to you, what is your favourite Owls Americas or New Orleans Owls memory? What is it? Probably organising the first national meetup in New Orleans pre-COVID, just as COVID is about to hit us all and close down the world. We uh, had crawfish. We watched. As lose three one against Derby in Fimicles, and then we three 0 down in the first half an hour. Yes, it was great. <laughs> and then we went for crawfish across the street, and then four of my mates went and got tattoos off a, mate, a friend of mine who's a t- tattoo artist. So, 
So Jamie hooked us up. We were having crawfish in the backyard of his mate. And uh, there was rumours the night before about tattoo. And uh, about three o'clock on the afternoon Saturday, we all, well, we all, Tommy yelled out, uh, we're getting tattoos. We're getting tattoos. So I was like, yes, we'll do it. So like 10 of us went to the tattoo parlor, but only four of us got tattoos. Because it's New Orleans, you can carry a beer anywhere. So we just brought beer into the tattoo parlor. That was all Jamie's mate. I don't think you could do that anywhere else in America. I don't think you could really set that up the way you set it up. And that whole weekend was so, so fun. It's, it's, it's kind of wild. Like you can, you, can, you can own that city. It was. But the great thing about it, from that we went to have another, after COVID was finished, event in uh, New York. And then next year, we're going to Charleston. Coming? I'm coming. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. Um, who else from New Orleans is coming? Uh, Tim, Curry, uh, Aaron, Pooh Garden, and uh, Lauren, possibly. We don't know. A few more coming. The hardcore. We'll, we'll be there. Yeah. Thanks, Jamie. Um, any other words you want to say to the Isles of America's crew? Jeff and Justin are now holding it together while I'm on a sabbatical. I'd love for a win tonight. That'd be great. <laughs> and by the way, Kellam Island and Neep sending Sheffield is rocking these oh, yeah. days. We are, we are packing out every single pub we're at so far. Uh, great night so far. I'm sure when I post this, it will we will be hungover. Um, but we shall see you later. I'm going to talk to a few more people before we go to the game. So I'm not going to say favorite player. I'm going to say, who is your who is your hipster choice for Wednesday mm-hmm. player in this era? I'm going to say straight out, you cannot pick Eddie Newhue because he's everyone's hipster choice. I have to find someone <laughs> other than Eddie Newhue for this. I, I think I'm the only person in North America with a Ross Wallace kit. So I'm, I, I'm going to say Does it have to be podcast era? Uh, I mean, the point if I, <laughs> the, whole, <laughs> the point of this segment is that it's. An, I mean, he, like if he played I'm one game this, in the last five Mike, years, Mike one. made me think of it. I have a Rayda Johnson jersey, but I'll, I'll think of somebody. Yeah, I guess Johnson was probably too early for that. Uh, it feels bit. like we've been doing the podcast that long, but <laughs> anyone else? I've just answered it? the question for myself, to be honest, Jeff. Because if Kieran Lee existed in the podcast era, it's yeah. Kieran Lee by default. I feel like and people, I don't care if that's I feel like people think that's like, Kieran Lee's easy. too like. I mean, Kieran Lee is probably my favorite player in the last decade or so of Wednesday football, but I think he's generally acknowledged as being like really good by the fan base in a way that like some other players maybe aren't, maybe aren't. If I have to like say someone that's like a, an unpopular choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or a little niche. An unpopular yeah. choice. Oh yeah. Or like uh, underrated maybe. Mm-hmm. Speaking of unpopular choices, uh, Kieran Westwood. I, I'll, How many I'll, times I'll allow did that, that guy make allow that, a, yeah. How many times did that guy make a late save that earned us a win? Uh, it's he was ridiculously good in his prime, and I that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> I'll give you that. I don't think he gets the credit they should do. So I think he can just about sneak in as a as a hipster. Yeah. Uh, I will say that my choice for this is Daniel Podil. Oh, the check. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I, that, that game against the pigs alone. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that a little bit before our time? You might be a year out the there, I think. No, because he was, was like playing center back for us at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> 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 the left back era, but I think mean, like the center Wait, back era. Wait, you're telling yeah. me we had center backs yeah, in position, yeah. Jeff, yeah. here at Sheffield. And I do like that he just still kind of like hangs out in Sheffield and plays for like uh, 
like local oh, Sunday league. They're, they're in like they're yeah. in like the twelfth tier. Yeah. Justin, are you are you coming down heavy on Hallam again in favor of Sheffield <laughs> FC? Well, there's no coming down on. I'm a, I'm a paid member of the world's first. So the rest of you are pretenders. James, yeah. keep. Did, uh, did, did Sheffield FC get a thousand fans on uh, on the weekend? I don't know, but they did finally get a win. They've had a tough season. Uh, they they did uh, they did pump some goals in this weekend. Uh, tell you what, if you guys want some fire, uh, I was always, although I do think towards the end it got a little ugly and and things turned sour, but. I always thought that Adam Reach was a quality player who took too much shit here at this club. I think he was too often played out of position and his strengths were underutilized. And when he was at his best and allowed to play positions that he could succeed in, uh, he was a hell of a footballer. I tell you what, sometimes <laughs> that could describe 99% of our squad, somebody who gets way too much stick from our fan base. That's true. It's true. I mean, the, the, there is one obvious hipster player who got way, way, way uh-uh. a lot of stick from the fan base. Probably pretty well justified. Um, I think I spent at least three months on this podcast trying to defend him and then finally gave up the ghost. But, you know, George Boyd has got a lovely hipster head. In, so. <laughs> That's fair. Never, never liked him, James. Never liked him. He gave a quote about not liking his time at Wednesday and like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody enjoyed it, really. It's true. But he was always, you know, talking about someone who was played out of position a lot. At, uh, yeah. Playing it like, I guess that's the, they were playing him out of position at left wing back before it was cool to play people out of position <laughs> at left the wing back. That's the definition of Yeah, there you go. Yeah, huh? Before it was cool to play like Callum Patterson or whoever else. Did, was Wilkes playing wing back this weekend? I think he was pretty far forward, but. Yeah, yeah he was he was an out, outside outside midfield. What is this? The forties, like outside that. mid, we're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it worked, baby. It worked. I, I've, got, I've got a good one. I've got a good um, yeah hipster name, Alex Lopez. Ooh, Ooh that's oh, a good wow. one. That Whoa. is a good one. Yeah, probably not uh, within the time frame of the podcast. It isn't, but no, I do want to. I do. I it wasn't. I do maintain if they start Alex Lopez at Wembley, they would have won that game. As long as they're splitting hairs. Yeah, I don't you know. know I kind of think Lopez might have shit the bed like everybody else on that team. Except he just had a little bit. He had a little bit different. Uh, op- like, I think he could have broken up stuff a little more in the midfield than they did. They, they didn't have anybody they could deal with Huddlestone, but maybe he could have. Maybe he couldn't have. I don't know. But hey, you know what? I've got one final hipster choice from mm-hmm. the podcast era, and this was a uh, this was a feature a feature of the podcast era. Um, now lost to the winds of time, but shout out for Elevate as a uh, particularly hipster <laughs> clothing yes. brand, which you know all of us did our very best to bring to another level of global recognition, and eventually gave up the ghost and recognized it was just tacky. If fabric. if hmm. if they had just somehow found the girl running up the mountain and been able to <laughs> really turn her star to where it belonged, that was Elevate was special. I'm just looking at the uh, at the 2017-2018. Uh, there are some names here. Uh, I was uh, I was a big as I think there's uh, a fair audio record of at this point. A big uh, Jos van Aken supporter too in the early days. I thought they really had something. Yeah, there. he had a good start to his yeah. career at Wednesday, and then he went downhill pretty pretty rapidly. Yeah. Jeff, just to confirm, based on that comment around audio record, uh, yeah. the 200th episode means that all previous episodes are deleted. Is that correct? 
Correct. So <laughs> all of Patty's slander against Wayne Rooney no longer exists. <laughs> hey, all all that slander is well deserved. Concur. By the way, I think I found hey, the show notes from the second episode. From the second ever episode we did. Um, do you want to know what the first ever talking <laughs> point? Talking point. Uh, for episode two, it says, I'm the way to the show notes on episode one, and we've winged it. Um, do you know what the very first talking point was? <laughs> uh, for episode two of the Owls Americast. Do you want to just, just have one adjective that was in there? Can I mean, guess what one like, adjective? It's like, should we go to Premier League this year? Or should we wait another year? Something like, <laughs> like that. No. Think of the opposite. Was it Evan's <laughs> grandma's owls. No, this is a talk, this is a talking point Where of a Bolton Evan? match. It's a talking point of a Bolton match. The first line was that was awful slash abject slash unacceptable. <laughs> so not much has changed. That's how he started the podcast. That is an evergreen comment. That sounds so much like a Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I don't. I don't know what else to say. Is this my talking point from the? Possibly, just... I remember. I remember that Bolton match. I was, um, I was sat in a car park in absolutely, like drenching rain in Rhode Island, and I was convinced that Jordan Rhodes was going to rescue us a point. And did he rescue us a point, Paddy Jones? No, he did not. He was <laughs> absolutely <laughs> awful. <laughs> <laughs> and then Paddy picked him to score the most goals for us that year. Oh. Every year. The third talking about was it's the end for Carlos. Uh, we we kind of uh, pretty uh, harsh in our second episode in. I loved Carlos. Well, our first episode was the international break, as I recall. So we should probably just not review matches ever. All right, we're still here at Heist Brewing Company. Um, the tunes like kick in. Yeah, the tunes are coming on. We've got people, it's like 15 of us now here. Um, and I have with me uh, an old New York owl. Not old, but she's old as in like she was there a few years ago. Um, and hold very dear to my heart, uh, Bianca Winter. Bianca, where are you now and how do you know the New York owls? <laughs> well, right now I'm living in London. Um, I know the New York owls because I moved to New York in 2015. And I remember a really long day of, uh, I was hanging out with this broker. We were looking at flats. I don't know. We looked at 20 different flats one day and they all looked the same by the end of the day. And the only solace for me of doing this work was like knowing Wednesday they were on. And I tweeted with New York Owls that day. I knew that they were going to be in a particular bar watching the match. So it was like the prize at the end of the day for me, right? And I went along... It was a later match, so there was a like reasonable crowd, and I walked into, um, I walked into the bar, and Paddy was there and greeted me like an old friend. It was great, <laughs> and I was drenched. It was fucking. It was raining cats and dogs there. Am I allowed to say fucking? I don't know. Yes, it's out of my cast. We can say fucking as much as we want. <laughs> Jeff has said it anyway. <laughs> okay, Jeff's the standard here. That's great. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I was drenched. I walked in. Paddy was great. We watched the match together. It was it was not a winner. It was a cup match, but man, everyone was just in high spirits because we just like we had 
fucking thrashed Arsenal like the match before in the FA Cup. Oh right, that one. Yeah. And yeah, so everyone was kind of hanging around. They, I don't know, maybe people had dust off work a bit. I don't know. Oh, this is a midweek game, right? Yeah, it was so it's a midweek game after we beat Arsenal three 0 in the cup. I can't remember who we were playing that time. I can't it was disappointing either. Was it Charlton? It was a bit disappointing. Yeah. yeah. We had a couple. Of, we had a couple of tourists there. And Bianca just joined, just came to New York, so because I met her too, and it was a really nice crowd, and uh, I could see straight away that whenever I get a new um, resident to New York, I was like, like try and find out much possible about them as possible. I was like, so we started chatting about what we do outside of Wednesday, and we had a really good yeah. like like connection outside of Wednesday too. We had an amazing kind of post match, sort of almost like a big hug. We were all drinking beer. The conversation was flowing. We were finding out like shit we have in common. We talked about comedy. We talked about drama. We talked about theatre. We talked about books. We just talked about a bunch of stuff. And it was a really solidifying moment for me of like, oh, these are folk that I will be not just like tolerant of on a Saturday morning <laughs> at 7am but I will be so happy to see them yeah it was a good time a really good time and we found a mutual love Daniel Kitson yep Daniel Kitson uh, if you don't know him he's a British comedian who doesn't do much TV but he's amazing and that's very unique to find someone both a Sheffield Wednesday fan in New York <laughs> that likes Daniel Kitson who so were like oh fucking hell and not just me and you one of, the one of the tourists there at the time yeah loved Daniel Kitson too yeah so, it was a Kitson orgasm really. <laughs> <laughs> and then that season we went on I mean I came to as many matches as I could on the like early ass morning it like set the time for the weekend for me the times we had like evening matches or like slightly later afternoon matches were great because people tended to take off work and then they'd hang around and we'd drink together but yeah that season we got into the playoffs and there was another great I think it was Brighton, right? Brighton, the, yeah. Yeah, the Brighton semis. Lights. And the best thing about that for me was every time we scored, I would just get picked up and thrown around. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> I mean, most people would say that's a negative thing, but I'm glad you enjoyed that. <laughs> just picked up and thrown around. Exactly. <laughs> probably the, no probably, probably the lightest of all New York owls to pick picked up and thrown around. <laughs> Uh, oh man that was a great day uh, I'm really thankful that we found Bianca in New York Owls um, I, I miss her a lot um, but hopefully you'll be back soon exactly right With Paddy is my guide for sure <laughs> Jeff goes back on track. What's the agenda? The agenda is, this is, uh, as we do on the podcast, there's a match preview. If you're in the match, we shall. Newcastle in the FA Cup round three. Take it away, Justin. Woohoo! All right. Well, there's six of us, so please jump in when you can, boys. Uh, Newcastle United at Hillsborough. I think this is all exactly the type of match we look for when we have a, a cup Uh Newcastle United is uh, Newcastle upon Tyne, uh, which is a city that dates back to Roman times. It's the biggest city in the northeast of England. And uh, 
I know a few Geordies. Those are strange people up there. They are not Scotsmen. They are not Englishmen. They're their own weird uh, group of people who you cannot understand a word they say, uh, but they love their football. Uh, Newcastle United are the Magpies. I, I really liked this. Um, they're formed in 1892 when Newcastle East End and Newcastle West End did what, James? They united. I was going to say merged, but you can go with Yeah, that. well, yeah, sure. Give me a synonym. They united. are not called Newcastle merged, are they? <laughs> no, because they didn't describe it particularly James, well. Because they didn't unite, did they? Because <laughs> they're fucking Geordies, man. No clue what's going on up there. Did they, uh, did, they re- been... did they register two corporate entities? Did they, uh, did they integrate their accounts? Or did they just unite in a spiritual coming together just as so, well? No, no, no. They united, and uh, they actually, since their formation, were a publicly owned club, publicly owned by shares. There were a couple families. I didn't jot down the names, obviously. Was one the uh, the Saudi royal family, is that right? No, we'll get there, James. We'll get there. Don't worry. I've got some ammo lined up myself. Um, but they were a publicly owned club from the start. Uh, they have played at St. James Park since that formation, which I didn't realize. I knew it was an old park, but... There's a lot to be said there. Uh, they tried to join the first division a couple times, were told to fuck off, slipped into the second division in 1894-95, the same year as Liverpool and uh, Woolrich, uh, who obviously became Arsenal. Uh, now, credit to them, I've been shitting on them a little bit, but they have never dropped below the second division, and they've been in the top flight for 90 seasons. They are a legitimately... Uh, Big club. Um, their glory years were the beginning of the 1900s. Uh, that first decade, they won three of their four top division titles and an FA Cup. Uh, and they were runners up of the FA Cup four times in that span. They do have six FA Cups overall. Uh, but much like us, if you took 1991 away, which nobody can do, uh, their last league title was in 1927. And their last cup title uh, was the 1955 FA Cup. Uh, Newcastle fans who I know like to point out to me that they won the Intercities Fair Cup in 68-69. And God, how can you not remember the Intertoto Club in 2006? Uh, Whatever those are worth, and they are worth. I mean, Wednesday fans should probably not be uh, ragging on the Intertoto Cup, to be fair. Uh, Yeah, but I'm not going to go around bragging about winning it. You know, that's all I'm saying. Um, now, so again, they, they were owned by public shares for years. Uh, Mike Ashley, uh, what was he, guys, in the UK? Was that Direct Sports? Sports Direct, yeah. Sports Direct, which is, what is that? The Dick's Sporting Goods of England? Am, am I that far <laughs> off? Something like that. Um, he ended up amassing enough shares to take over in 2007. And if there are any uh, owls in America or abroad that do not know the stories of Mike Ashley. <clears throat> Take some time, look them up. There's vomiting in fireplaces and, and things of, of, you know, some delight. Newcastle fans were happy to be rid of him. Well, the main bulk of the shares, 80% of the shares, when he did sell the club, was sold to the uh, Saudi Public Interest Fund, which is, as I think we all know, a front for the Saudi Arabian government, who uh, is no bueno on all sorts of 
human rights issues and whatnot. James, do you wish to add any uh, obviously very appropriate and I will agree with you, but uh, bashing of Newcastle's Saudi ownership and or the fans' uh, willingness to work with a reprehensible group of people? Uh, I think what you just said, Justin. Look, I mean, um, it's difficult in football, isn't it? Because the fans don't get to choose. So it's hard to blame Newcastle United or it's hard to blame the fans for what happens in terms of ownership decisions. But I think it is lamentable that organising and governance bodies don't intervene to prevent the flow of money into football that comes from areas where, frankly, the treatment of individuals and groups in society doesn't meet the standards that we expect it should do. Um, and that's pretty much what you can say about uh, the regime in, in several countries worldwide, including Saudi Arabia. So, look, it's it's a problem. Um, I don't hold Newcastle United responsible for that. I think that's a FA and a Newcastle, I don't know, board of directors decision. So don't, don't blame the club, but yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, and, and what sucks from uh, a perspective where I'm rooting against Newcastle heavily because I don't like what the Saudi Arabian government does, which sucks. Again, nothing against, I have friends that are Newcastle fans who I spoke to for this preview. Um, but, you know, you get somebody like Eddie Howe, who, Eddie Howe is awesome. Like, Eddie Howe played most of his career at Bournemouth, uh, had to retire, ended up becoming the youngest manager in the Football League in 2009 uh, when he went back and coached Bournemouth. Uh, Promoted Bournemouth, little old Bournemouth, uh, three promotions in seven years, brought them to the Premier League. Like Eddie Howe is a brilliant manager. He has always coached, uh, aside from a brief stint at Burnley, had, had always coached Bournemouth, his club, all this and that. And then you drag him into this muck and you try to ask him questions about it. Eddie Howe goes, I'm here to talk about the football. And it's like, well, yes, Eddie, but you're... You know, it, it, as James sort of mentioned earlier, right, it's very hard to apply blame in this situation. It's it's an ugly, ugly sports washing situation all around. And, you know, everybody involved with it has this stink on it. And here's the thing. It's too bad because Newcastle, they're good. They are really good. Eddie Howe knows what the fuck he's doing. That much is clear. The people buying the players for this team know what they're doing. This is an incredibly well-balanced team. There are not a lot of international superstars on this team, but it's a roster full of internationals who know what they're doing. So, so far this year, they're third in the Premier League. They got nine wins, eight draws, and only one loss. They lost on August 31st to Liverpool. They have not lost since. They've allowed 11 goals all season. Uh, scored 32, plus 21 goal difference. But that 11 is the fewest in the Premier League. On the road, uh, four wins, uh, three draws, and a loss, plus nine goal difference. Their form has been excellent. Uh, they've tailed off slightly. They have two draws uh, to follow their four wins. Um, now, nice little reminder, the last time that we played Newcastle was in the 16-17 championship season, and we uh, did the double on them. We beat them uh, one nothing. On Boxing Day. Glenn Lubin's uh, header. I was watching Glenn it in his Lubin's suit header, in the football yes. factory after a trip Glenn to Keynes. Yeah. yeah, Glenn Lubin's header. Uh, that was amazing. I almost brought that up for my favorite goal of the podcast era. That was, that, was, that was a blast. I was at my in-law's house losing my mind for that. 
And then we beat them uh, two to one in the following April with a Tom Lees and a late Stephen Fletcher goal. Um, that would have been a good hipster pick as well. So, hey, hey Justin, um, ne- neither of those please. games would have counted for the podcast error. I think they were just before we started. But just before, yeah, fair enough. They are, they are absolute highlights of like yeah. various kind of auspices of Al's America's fandom because the second game, the 2 1 win at Hillsborough in the spring, is one of the biggest attendances we ever had at the Football Factory. We had a huge group down. I don't know what, what the, the reason for that was, whether it was kind of some Newcastle fans hanging on, Paddy, but. The atmosphere for that game was sensational. It was like it was an evening kickoff, an afternoon kickoff, right, in the UK. And so it was like a little bit later. That was a phenomenal atmosphere. And then the, um, the St. James's Park leg, the, uh, the Glen Leavens header, a whole bunch of us were in Sheffield for that. So we ended up watching it in Sheffield City Centre with a group of kind of Wednesday fans. Some of the after um, you were at Newcastle, you actually see the goal from seven stories up where they put the away fans. There. <laughs> yeah, we 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 didn't we didn't go up to Newcastle. We watched it in the um, Syrian Fringe, I think. Um, also in they won the, the, uh, of the Wednesday week. They also beat Newcastle in the League Cup in Carlos's first year to set up the Arsenal game. It was Lewis McGugan goal, if I recall correctly. <laughs> There you go. Not one of my favorite. Also, a good hipster choice, not within the purview of the podcast. What you're basically saying is we've had a good run. Now we've got to uh, Mm. we've got to let that collide with reality. This week, yeah. Well, I you know I I hate to do this, um, but yeah, I kind of think that's it. They're really good. Um, So what was nice is that they played last night against Arsenal, and I had done the preview of what their tactics were. So I was able to watch the Arsenal game and man, they played the tactics exactly as they intended to. So they, they come out with a four, three, three. They have a deep line uh, playmaker in uh, Bruno Gimarish. Uh, I believe it's pronounced a Portuguese midfielder. Uh, he's outstanding. And, and without the ball, they will either, they really settle into a four, five, one. Where, where the two wide wings will drop back. However, they aggressively press you. So I, I would really expect to see them, uh, that front three of theirs, whether it's in a 4-3-3 or a 4-5-1 uh, with the wide players, they're really going to come after us and try to force us well, to Well, the good news is when the they were completely undone at home by a pressing team like, say, Barnsley earlier in the season. So I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> Well, it's, I tell you what, yeah. it's, that's, a, that's a big difference between Barnsley and a Prem team who's literally got a shot at the title is, are they going to play? So I, I, so I think they'll play. I'll touch on when, that. I'll touch on that. But when you go to play you a League One team, you know it's going to be way more physical than when you play a Prem team. As Justin, I know, they haven't won the FA Cup since the 1950s, and they could probably win it this year, so... Yeah, so a cu- couple notes. Let me, let me quickly go over what they do, and then, then we'll discuss that. So I think that's really good food for thought, and I reached out to Newcastle fans I know. So their back line is really good in the air, right? They've got some very tall guys, and they have Karen Trippier who can can jump. Um, now, the, the one weakness on their back line is that they're not that fast. Uh, if we can try to sneak through balls uh, and make runs, that's a way to get at them. Uh, but offensively, they like to isolate out wide, uh, create overloads, and really attack you. When they do isolate out wide, whether it's with the wide forwards or the fullbacks pushing up, the central midfielders uh, will always make runs to add to the numbers. Um, so 
Here's the interesting thing. That was my big question for the Newcastle fans is what kind of lineup are we going to see from you? Uh, so a couple factors here. One, they're just coming off playing at Arsenal. And their next game following us is uh, at home against Leicester City in the League Cup quarterfinals, which if you're Newcastle right now, you're feeling very confident about <clears throat> advancing to the League Cup semifinals. The feeling around the club over there is that any hardware, any domestic hardware is good. And seeing as they're already in the you know, quarterfinals with a good shot to get to the semifinals of the League Cup, they may actually be prioritizing the League Cup, and they're certainly prioritizing the League over the FA Cup. Um, so I would expect some changes. Their, their normal lineup is a bunch of names that you know, right? Uh, they got Pope and Goal. Trippier, Schaar, uh, Botman, Byrne on the back line, uh, Shimaresh, Joe Willick, Jolinton, uh, Almiron, Wilson, uh, Josh Murphy, a uh, bunch of names you know. What I'm hearing is that they are most likely looking at bringing in uh, Alexander Isaac, has only played three games for them all year. He had a thigh injury. He's the Swedish center forward. Uh they would like him to be ready to go. It looks like it's kind of 50-50 game time decision. Uh, they'd like to bring him up front I would ex instead of Callum Wilson. I would expect Alan St. Maximine to come in and play in one of the wide roles, probably for Almiron, uh, as Maximine has not had the amount of time that we would hope. Uh, old friend uh, from the championship days, Jamal Lascelles, will almost certainly come in at a center back. Uh, just because their center back pair is a little bit older. Um, I would probably expect Kieran Trippier to be moved out of them. Not quite sure for who. You also have Chris Wood up front and uh, Scotsman Ryan Frazier as well. So I, I, I think we're probably looking at four to five changes, but a team that plays with the style that I've described and it's going to be, uh, frankly, a lot for us to deal with. I'm, I'm not, I'm not feeling super confident about our chances. But you know what? We've got, uh, we've got Hillsborough, and uh, you know we're not, we're not a bad League One side. Here in High Brewing, um, I've brought now to the table, um, and then interrupted his conversation. Thanks, Craig. Um, Craig Richardson, he is the original or an original. I can't say the original. An original New York Owl. Uh, Craig, are you doing? You right? Yeah, I'm all right. I mean, you know, it's nice being back in Sheffield. It's grim up north. Uh, it's cold. It's wet. It's miserable. But we're in a brewery and we're drinking nice beers, so it's all, it's all good. Let's let's. Start off. I've asked everyone what's the favourite away moment. We'll come to that in a minute. Maybe your favourite away moment is the first meetup. So there's four of us in the first New York Owls meetup. Uh, how did you find out about it? How did you how did you re how did you find out New York Owls? It were um, were a bit random. It was actually a, a lad I used to go to school with was working at Wednesday, and he sent me a Facebook message saying some random fella in New York set up a meetup. Um, 
you live in New York, do you know him? Are you going? And I didn't, so I looked it up, found it out, showed up with uh, three other people for that first meetup. Uh, I don't remember a whole lot around it. I don't remember who we played or all like that. But it was uh, Blackpool in the FA Cup replay. We lost three 0 <laughs> Yeah, well, cheers for bringing. I probably suppressed that memory. Damn it. Yeah. So from then on, you know, tried to come down as often as I could. Uh, my job at the time I had a lot of weekends, which were challenging. But uh, since then, I've been a bit more present. But uh, no, it's been grand how it's grown from those four people to you know in the peak times when we're having playoff runs in championship when we had like 40 odd people there and now we've got all the offshoots of random Wednesday fans across North America all connected as well and doing all the you know the annual meetups in different cities um, so it's kind of remarkable how, how, how well it's taken off from from its humble beginnings indeed indeed not what I expected but I'm Thankfully to Jeff, Justin, and uh, the other Owls Makes podcast, and the, obviously uh, the Jamies of the world and Mike's of the world that run the Spars groups too. Um, all right, I'm asking people, Craig, what's their favorite away moment, the favorite Owls America's moments? Uh, you've been to so many New York Owls meetups. We've also been to. Did you go to New Orleans? You go to New Orleans, right? I couldn't go to New Orleans because I was working that weekend. But you're going to go, you went to New York, obviously, and you penned in for Charleston? I'll be in Charleston. All right, Charleston's good. What's your favourite away moment? Uh, part of me wants to say the playoff run where we got to playoff final, just those two games and the subsequent continued drinking afterwards in Koreatown and rooftop bars and things like that. The, uh, the Owls America meet-up uh, in New York where... Uh, did we get low power or the battery? Yeah, the battery was low and we <laughs> scored a last minute winner while the battery was low. Um, but I, th I think ultimately one of the best things for me about New York Owls is how there's no dickheads. Everyone's <laughs> a good, like you look around at some other, some other clubs and there's some good lads and there's some dickheads and you know, people are kind of, they don't get along whereas every, Everyone's a good lad at New York Owls, oh lass. Everyone gets on to the point where we socialise way beyond Wednesday. And even little things just like watching England at World Cup in freezing cold, we'll pile into, you know, whatever bar we're going to watch match and then do a bunch of beers afterwards and go to random concerts or whatever. I think that, that for me is the better legacy then gathering round to watch a bang average football team play <laughs> crap football and squeeze out a point every now and then. And then here we are all here. It's like, I reckon there's 20 of us in Sheffield right now, uh, throughout the day. You'll see basically on social, social media. But Craig's right. Um, I used to go to the Wednesday games with my dad. That's it, me and my dad. I didn't have any mates that watch Wednesday. And now I'm watching it with 20 other Wednesday fans that we all met up to watch in uh, Sheffield. So that is a great point, Craig. Appreciate your time. And we'll see. We're actually going to go to the match next soon, so um, maybe I'll get an interview, or maybe I won't. But um, thanks, mate. Well, we've done it. You've been listening to episode 200 of the Owls Americast. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. 
Our podcast intro and bumpers I follow once the Irish Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. And wherever you choose to consume the Owls of Americast, we ask that you rate and view the shows. Helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. All right, let's do this. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owl. Justin, what will we be talking about for episode 300 of the Owls Americast? Man. Uh, Talking 2024, 2025 season, somewhere in there. I hope that we're arguing about whether or not Darren Moore is the guy that can be the manager in the Premier League because he's shown (laughs) he can indeed manage in the championship. Mike is on Twitter at Cascadia Owls. Mike, what we'll be talking about in episode 300 of the Owls Americast? Um, uh, probably financial fair play, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. A full uh, circle. James, you can you bring back Owls about stat for that for like episode four, <laughs> seven years later. There, there are at least two people on Twitter who have been demanding it. Patty is on Twitter at New York Owls. Patty, what will we be talking about for episode 300 of the Owls Americast? Um, uh, it feels so far away. I think we'll talk about our first AI manager. <laughs> uh, we're just going to put like uh, chat GPT bots uh, mm-hmm. as the uh, as the mindership of Wednesday where we just ask him who to play up front and it says, you should play as in you, Colin Patterson. <laughs> Uh, I do have some extra news for this pod- this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. The meetups for Saturday. Um, oh yeah, we do quite that. A few. You haven't been on, so I haven't been doing it. <laughs> we do do that. Remember that? It's the whole point of Owls Americas. <laughs> uh, of course, New York Owls will be at the Football Factory. It's a nice 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Um, we have a Richmond, Virginia meetup at Gus's Bar and Grill. David is our guy there, uh, if you're in that area. We have the Milwaukee Owls back at their Three Lions pub. Um, I won't steal Mike's then, because he's got a very exciting announcement in Cascadia. Mike, do you want to just give you your Cascadia meetups? Uh, yeah, so uh, Portland, again, 10 a.m. out west. So Portland, we will be at Goal, which is on Southeast Hawthorne. That's G-O-L, Goal, if you haven't been. Great place. Uh, we're going to have our first ever uh, Vancouver Island meetup. Again, this is not city of Vancouver, but Vancouver Island, which is uh, where Victoria is and whatnot. It's going to be uh, our friend Reese is opening up his home. So uh, get in touch with us oh. through Facebook or uh, Gmail and um, we'll connect you with that. And I'll go ahead and call it that city of Vancouver, uh, the um, our Newcastle friends are going to be at Moose's Down Under, which is a place we've gone in the past. So um, if people want to go there as well, they can. So it's Moose's Down Under in Vancouver and Goal in Portland. Great. And obviously you've got uh, New Orleans that will be at Finn McCool's. Um, I, like, I guess we'll hear from Florida Owls about five minutes before kickoff to tell us where he is matching it, but it's usually somewhere in, uh, uh, is it something, McManus? I can't remember. Um, then there's uh, the Harp and Kelt in Orlando. Um, they often have the ESPN Plus games on, but no official uh, fan group uh, goes there. We have got an Orlando Owls on Twitter now, so hopefully he'll tell us a pub if he goes to a different one. Uh, just keep a hold of our social medias and we will post it out um, as and when we hear them. Uh, it is a great opportunity to get together, obviously. Um, if you don't ha- have a local bar that you uh, don't go to regularly, uh, look up a n- Newcastle supporters group in your area. There's usually one in most major cities and they will have a bar, I'm sure, that will be showing it. So uh, join them and let us know that you're joining them. Or we can send more Wednesday nights your way. 
by the way, you forgot one. There will be a Palmetto Owls meetup at Montreux in Somerville. Outside Yay. of Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> Tommy is on Twitter at Palmetto Owl to get more information about that meetup. Tommy, what will we be talking about in the 300th episode of the Owls America? Well, um, first off, we will be talking about how none of us are on Twitter anymore because it's a hellscape <laughs> that reminds the fortune. Um, that's, that's why I'm really not on Twitter anymore. But uh, So you can't find me there. Um, but what we will be talking about on the 300th episode, 100 weeks from now, um, it will be who's to blame if we don't make the playoffs. I, like <laughs> specif- I did, did not specify what league we were in at the time. <laughs> you could have just left it as who's Nor to will blame. I. No. <laughs> I'm like, who's to blame? You're off to a good start. It sounds like us. James is on who's Twitter to blame? <laughs> at Manhattan Owl. James, what will we be talking about on the 300th episode? Of the Owls Americans. I think it, I, I think it's very clear, Jeff. I think there'll be uh, there'll be three topics of conversation. Mm-hmm. The first will be: should we play with two midfielders alongside Barry Bannon or one? Uh, <laughs> the second one will be: what should we do for Barry Bannon's five hundredth Wednesday game? <laughs> and uh, and the third one will be: why can we not defend set pieces? <laughs> you don't think we'll figure that out by then? <laughs> Matt McGinnis, also, we are on the 300th episode, we'll be saying, let's bring back Ati Nuyu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. I'll be leading off with my uh, discussion of a Bailey Katamatari brace. And we'll see you back here for episode 201 on our road to 300. Next let's go week. Mets. <laughs>